This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations like rainbows and ropes or fruity and gummy or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. This week I'm speaking to Rhiannon about why you should be booking the Balearic Islands for your foodie holiday this summer. From Michelin star meals to organic olive oil, local gin and lobster, there are plenty of reasons other than partying and sunbathing to go to these islands. Plus, I've also been speaking to one of the UK's most influential foodies, Tom Herbert, the fabulous baker brother, about his revolutionary new gluten-free bread, cheese toasties and more. First up, here's Rhiannon, our travel editor, and I speaking about why the Balearic Islands should be on your summer wish list. So Spain's Balearic Islands are firmly back on the foodie travel map this summer. And I think this is partly because there is a fear of terrorism. And so people are clearly turning back to the classic Mediterranean holiday hotspots. And fewer people are booking destinations like Tunisia and Egypt and Turkey, apart from me. I booked to go <laughs> yeah. to Turkey because yeah. <laughs> it is lovely. And um, I am waging a one-woman campaign for Good. the Good. tourism industry. <laughs> but um, the Balearics, I think, are also becoming popular again yeah, because... I suppose for anyone over around 30, we're rediscovering these islands. We perhaps used to associate them with family holidays and big beach resorts or hedonistic time spent in clubs and bars. Which I will be doing later this summer (laughs) as well when I go to Ibiza. Yes, um, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But there is, of course, another side to the island. And I think, you know, possibly now people are starting to appreciate that a bit more. So where should people start if they want to sort of look into this food scene? Well, Mallorca probably has the most established food scene and certainly the most Michelin stars. There are some very sophisticated restaurants there, especially in Palma, the capital. But I think the really interesting thing is that even those really sophisticated places are championing local produce. 
there was a time, I would say, when a lot of the local produce, especially the seafood, was all being shipped off for export. Yeah, which I think people might be surprised to hear. But yes. um, yeah, so it's really good now that they are using what's right on their doorstep yes. again. Which is probably partly driven by consumers, isn't yeah. it? Going on holiday and saying what's local. Exactly. I want to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we ran a lovely feature a while ago that was a little tour of Palmer's Olive Oil Market with Chef Mark Fosh, who... It's really interesting because he's British, but okay. um, he has one of these Michelin-starred restaurants Amazing. in Palma. So he's really gone native and yeah. knows that food scene inside out. Um, and that really made it clear how great this local produce is. And that's on olivemagazine.com that now. That is for on olivemagazine.com. Yes, look at Palma, Mallorca. Okay. Uh, Palma with an L, not Palma with an R. Classic no, although that's a, it's a great place to go to as well. Good. And there are features on olivemagazine.com for Palma, Italy too. <laughs> I do know someone who once uh, took a flight to whichever one it was and ended up at the wrong one because he'd misspelt it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, it's a pleasant problem to have. Either well, way, yes. you're going to go somewhere exactly. nice, aren't you? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but, um, and, and that, you know, even just touring around this market was really lovely because um, Mark Fosh was talking about how you can shop, you can do your grocery shopping, perhaps if you're self-catering, but you can then have a glass of wine and some tapas while you're shopping in the market. How sophisticated. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Um, and then we have a lovely feature coming up in the July issue focusing on the foodie side of Ibiza, which I think a lot of readers will be quite surprised about. Yeah. Um, there is no mention of wild partying. It's all about tracking down organic strawberries, award-winning olive oil, Oil, local cheeses, honey scented with thyme blossom and rosemary, which I thought sounded delicious. Yeah, so good. Um, and fish, of course. There are lots of lovely recommendations for beachside restaurants where you can tuck into seafood spaghetti or grilled clams. But then you know all about that because you've just been to Menorca. I do. So, yeah, I went to Menorca uh, last month, um, kind of with, I'm going to miss it, quite low expectations again. I didn't really think it would be this amazing wealth of food and drink. Um, but it is, it really is. The people are so, so passionate. Um, so, yeah, we, ha- we had all sorts while we were there. We stayed in this uh, amazing little boutique hotel in the capital Mall called Pity Mal, which is uh, an 18th century manor house, which has been converted. It's only got about six rooms. And the owner, Nina, she makes breakfast for you every morning. So you have the Mahon cheese, which is a really strong cow's milk cheese. And they slice that super, super thin. And they have that with, you know, the salty cured ham. And they have um, toast with sieved tomatoes and garlic. And yeah, you know, it's just a really good start to the Mm. day. And then you've got all these um, incredible restaurants that, again, are using the, the produce from the land and the incredible fish they have, you know, they're catching each day so one of the the real highlights of my trip I'm gonna Richard Chef Richard is gonna kill me for the pronunciation of this but it's Cam Bernard Descarau which is just by the fishing village of Escarau um, and he's got this amazing restaurant sort of set back in the island slightly um, and he cooks he has boats around the island that that uh, he just takes the fish, whatever they catch that day. So rather than saying, I want, you know, sea bass or I want squid or he'll just be like, he'll take whatever they have. Um, and we we managed to sample some of the lobster that he <laughs> caught that day, which is you have to look at our Instagram feed Um guys and and check out these pictures so these amazing lobsters which are different from the atlantic lobsters that you might have tried over here they don't have How those massive different? they don't have the massive claws um so they've got these sort of spiny tiny claws which are super sweet if you suck them which i did um but they make this traditional lobster ch- uh, stew which you can get in loads of the restaurants across the island called calderetta 
which starts off with kind of a Spanish sofrito base. So that's garlic, onions, peppers and tomatoes. And then they chop up the lobster with shell and all and kind of chuck that in, get loads of flavour from the shells and, and the body meat. And then anything else, it, is, it sounds gross, but all the, you know, the spare juices, the stomach, the liver, the eggs, they kind of squeeze that into a pestle and mortar with almonds. Wow. Kind of make, uh, you know, an emulsification, throw that in, um, tomatoes. And yeah, you just got this really rich super flavorful um lobster stew and it's you just you can't beat those kind of things no it just tastes of holiday <laughs> and you're like super super happy when it comes out in this amazing earthenware pot and you've got gorgeous menorcan wine which is actually really good out there as well you know so that was that was pretty special um and richard does cookery classes there as well so you can arrange to, to see him doing that um and, and any other fish that he cooks as well and, of course, they've got gin. They do have Menorca. gin, which is um, <laughs> one of my favourite tipples. Um, yeah, so they have, um, obviously, a bit of British heritage in uh, Menorca, along with lots of others like uh, Catalan and French and the Moors as well. But the Brits had a big presence over there. So they have got a gin distillery over there still, which you can go and have a look at and see all the stills. Um, and they have these barrels of um, stocked high with all the different spirits, and they just actively encourage you to try them all, <laughs> which is amazing. So you sort of pop in and they say, you know, you just help yourselves basically and one of the, the gins that they have which is called again let me check the pronunciation on that uh, Horige um, gin um, it's yeah it's a green bottle it's very distinctive on the island um, but it's got this real herbal flavour which which again just you feel like you're tasting Menorca I was going to say do they put different herbals in that yeah, are much more so, local yeah so the, the great thing about gin is it's so aromatic anyway and you get the different botanicals of wherever it's made but um, yeah so it's very herbal and they traditionally serve it in a pomada um, which is with lemonade rather than tonic so that's a really nice alternative as that's well that's delicious yeah yeah and there's um, another new gin that's just um, been released recently called Inat which is much more citrus and sweet but again still with that herbal back note which is really distinctive of Menorca which is so so good but there's um, there's so many great places I tried when I went there um, which are all on we've got a big feature on olivemagazine.com if you wanted to read that or in our um, July issue as well. We've That's got right, with our, our Mediterranean hot, yeah. hot places to visit. Yeah, so we've got some really good recommendations of um, Menorca included, of, of great places to book any last-minute kind of foodie holidays in the Med. Um, but I would definitely, definitely recommend Menorca. It was, I've travelled a lot with food in mind, and I would say it's one of the best trips I've ever been on. They just care so much about what they're doing, and the seafood tastes so great, and they're just so passionate about the products. So, yeah, it's sounding tempting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I can I can thoroughly recommend that. <laughs> okay, cool. So. If we haven't sold you on Balearic Islands and you need any more information, you must go visit olivemagazine.com or make sure you check out our July issue for our lovely Cook Like a Local um, feature with uh, an Ibethan writer um, and our hot list on the Mediterranean food trips. Thank you, Rhiannon. That was super interesting. So Tom Herbert, for those of you who don't know, is a fabulous baker brother. He was on TV um, a little while ago with his brother Henry, who's a butcher and chef. Tom is the baker of the family. He's a fifth generation baker, as he will soon tell you. Um, 
he was also named earlier this year one of the 50 most influential foodies in the UK. Um, he came 34th with Brother Henry. And this was um, a bit of research based on real world power, online activity, presence in so-called traditional media like TV and print, um, reputation and brand strength. And he was, in, you know, this was a list of all sorts of types of foodies. So we had Jamie Oliver at number one. We had Joe Wicks, the body coach, who's got a massive online social media presence. And if you don't know who he is, you really do have to check him out. He's fantastic. There's also somebody like uh, Symmetry Breakfast was on there, who, again, is a massive Instagrammer at the moment and gorgeous pictures of their breakfast. Dan Doherty, a former columnist of ours, um, who does the most incredible food. And also Izzy Hossack, um, who was 46th, who's our fridge raider in June, in, in the June issue, who you have to have a look at as well. So I went to speak to Tom at Bakery HQ in Chipping Swabbury last week to find out a bit more about what he's been up to recently. Hello, I've got uh, Tom Herbert here of Hobbs House Bakery. Tom, tell me a bit about your background, please. Okay, so I'm a fifth generation baker. Okay. And uh, this is my bakery. You're very welcome. <laughs> and um, I'm innovations director. Okay. Um, so... What does that mean, please? Well, that I get to wear a cape, <laughs> <laughs> like a little mask. Um, well, uh my job is to uh, keep us innovating, kind of inventing new stuff, basically, yeah. and um, trying to find better ways of doing things, baking yeah. better stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I might have the best job in the world. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool, apart from the early mornings, maybe. Yeah, um, although when it's like this, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's peaceful in the morning. So tell me about your latest innovation. Okay, so um, my latest innovation is a gluten-free loaf. Yeah. Um, so here, here, here you are. Yeah. Prop. Give okay. me one to take away. So um, so this is Gift. That's the name of it. Um, you'll notice it has a G and a F. It's a very, stands for gluten-free. Yeah, it's a very cool design. We're going to put a uh, picture up on our Twitter and our Instagram for you to have a look at later. Yeah, so we had some artwork done by a local artist to explain what this loaf's all about. The name was from my brother Henry. He came up uh, with this. Very cool. And um, so basically we reckon we'd been getting... We had a count-up because we just keep getting asked all the time, gluten-free, gluten-free, when are you going to do gluten-free? Yeah, so Tom has... Is it five bakeries across the Cotswolds? Yeah, we're in... Um, here in Chipping Sobbery on okay. the high street and then Nailsworth where we have a cafe and a wood-fired oven, Tetbury and then just recently opened one in Malmesbury. Okay, great. So uh, West Country based and um, we had a count up and we were getting 50 inquiries That's a week a and we're like, well, so I kind of figured that if I'm an expert of anything, it's maybe gluten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, like, gluten-free sort of feels like it's the opposite of yeah. that. Uh, we, we do have ovens. Um, <laughs> but other than that, the similarity kind of stops. Yeah. So I thought, well, I looked at other people's recipes and I tried the uh, mills and ingredient supplies. They all have their kind of mixes they'd like you to be using. Right. And I tried lots of things and I really uh, wasn't satisfied. Yeah. And so I set myself to two challenges um, one was I want to make a loaf uh, that uh, tasted good enough that you didn't need to eat something after to take the nasty <laughs> flavour away yeah. do you know what I mean, yeah. I mean uh, too many of them kind of turn to ash in your yeah. mouth will leave kind of uh, eggy yeah, flavour not like in a, a good way a cakey crumbly texture yeah, which isn't like they don't, yeah. yeah they don't, you can't butter or toast yeah. them or anything so that was the first thing it's got to be good enough that you know gagging <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah um, ideal yeah. when because when I'm not gluten free uh, but 
I felt like if we're going to make it and we're going to believe in it, it needs to be something that I would still want, want to, to eat, eat and yeah. would love eating. And then the second uh, aim was that I would know every ingredient that's in there and why it's in there because um, the world of gluten-free ingredients um, was largely kind of an anathema. To, you know, I just didn't yeah. know what these things were. So last autumn, I set about gathering as many gluten-free ingredients as I could find. Okay. And I amassed myself a small, in, in my little... Uh, mini bakery that you've seen through there um loads of different flowers from all over the place and uh gums and uh starches and all sorts of different uh, ways and um i started by just mixing flat these flowers and water together and then making a little biscuit and then eating them it's pretty hardcore and there wasn't a lot of joy in that experience (laughs) what was Um, the worst one out of all of the flowers oh my goodness um well (sighs) Um, maybe like some of the just just mixing kind of rice flour with yeah. water is not no, that great. Yeah, and um, but I did find two that I really liked okay. that, were in, that were interesting to me. So uh, sorghum and teff, they've ended up going in uh, to my loaf. Okay. So they are um, kind of originate from Africa, right? And uh, they're gluten free, obviously cereals and um, yeah. So I've gone with them, and then I decided as I found out more about it, I didn't want to have any gums in there because some people that are celiac also uh, can't have. Uh, guar gums or xanthan gum. Okay. And also, when I looked into how they were, how xanthan gums made, I kind of thought, oh, it doesn't really sound like food. I'm not sure no. I want to be eating that. So, uh, but I did happen across uh, psyllium husk, which oh, is something that, that? <laughs> well, it's it's the husk off of uh, a plant, a bit like you know the wheat berry has kind of a husk on the outside. So yeah. it's the husk off of that, and it's super. Um, hygroscopic so it absorbs lots of water and it, it becomes kind of sticky yeah and I'd had this myself uh, a few years ago trying to sort out my diet I was told oh that's really good for kind of uh hus is like a good dietary fiber okay and it kind of exfoliates your body on the inside I think that's you a good you thing need to do yeah. That, yeah but apparently if you exfoliate your body on the inside you're going to absorb more nutrients and minerals so you don't need to wow. eat so much or you, the stuff you do eat you get the goodness the does that make sense yeah yeah so uh that that's a much better thing for me to be using i think yeah and then it's got loads of olive oil in which keeps it kind of juicy and yeah, moist we've got some here i've just tasted it and it is super moist i was saying to tom it doesn't even feel like a gluten-free bread so it, it's a real joy to eat it's got Thanks. a lovely crust on it it's lovely and moist and it's got yeah. a really good texture for for eating it raw as it were yeah. and then eating it toasted as well I can yeah imagine. and that crust comes from a chickpea sourdough that's uh, in there it, that gave the be- that I, I started eight sourdoughs and that was the best one amazing and and also, uh, we've kind of packed it like a bird seeder, uh, bird feeder, <laughs> full of um, chia seeds and flax seeds. So and, much goodness! Yeah, in yeah. It. so there's a lot of goodness in it. So you're telling me how many times uh, batches of the? So I did 39 <laughs> okay, before I finally that. kind of got the okay from everyone that was sort of interested in this. And the best uh, thing was that um, in the week we launched it uh, on in our shops, uh, it made two Celax cry. With joy. With joy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a joy. So as a baker, that's kind of job satisfaction does not come high in this. And I just want to also add, the reason we've called it GIFT is I've been working with this charity tier fund looking at models of the circular economy and how, and and trying to think about like how as a business, a food business, can we make sure what we do is part of an upward spiral, creating kind of benefit all around. So the way I've 
express this with this loaf is for every loaf we sell, um, we make a contribution to uh, a bakery in Tanzania, in Ifakara, and they and it's a commercial bakery, but it's been set up as a charity. So they sell bread, but they will give a loaf to the local orphanage for oh, everyone we sell. That's amazing. So they are totally made up about yeah. this as well. And I'm really chuffed, and I'm hoping one day, if this is enough of excess, I would love to take a customer to go and visit the bakery in Tanzania. That's so and that would be the whole thing coming full sight. Yeah. Because the flowers come out of Africa, and we're able to put something back in whilst making a loaf that celiacs can enjoy. Yes. And anyone else that just likes good bread. So you get a warm, glowy feeling from eating it, and the fact that you're doing some good when you buy the loaf I as well. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you can get this loaf from all of your bakeries yeah. in the Cotswolds yeah. and West Country. Yeah. You can get them from... Um, online. Online. Yes. Yeah, so We've launched it online, uh, so just Google Hobbs House Bakery and you'll find it. <laughs> we can send it to you next day delivery. It keeps really well, by That's the way, and amazing. you can freeze it too. Um, yeah, and we're launching it to our wholesale customers um, around the southwest. Uh, beginning of June so pretty yeah so exciting so exciting so another venture that Tom's been doing as well which I particularly love having tried them uh, at many a festival last year is you've got your toasty stall as well so tell us about that so sourdough toasties um, so our kind of journey with toasties goes back to the first ever TV show I did was In Search of a Perfect Loaf I filmed in 2008 2008 that's scary isn't it I know it seems a long time ago doesn't it and I met Todd Trithown from Trithown's Dairy he makes the best with Kafili. Yeah. And so he had a sourdough, well, he had a toasty stand and um, in St. Nicholas's Market in Bristol. And uh, I created a loaf for him, the shepherd's loaf. And uh, he did these cheese toasters, but that's no longer there. Yeah. So anyway, I like to think we've taken the baton on. <laughs> I like that. And, yeah. um, and anyway, I've got loads of brothers. That, I'm the eldest of six. There's five of us boys and one girl. <laughs> and my youngest one, brother Archie, he, he's just finished uh, uni. Um, he got first doing business and, wow. and um, so we need to put him to work now yeah, after all that study yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, so last year we kind of prototyped this sourdough toasty stand yeah. and um, they're the best we think we can make them yeah. and um, they be very I can vouch for that they are so good I had them at a big festival yeah. last year um, they were at Grillstock in Walthamstow in London as yeah. well and um, in Bristol and they are just it's a perfect combination of the best bread the best cheese yeah. really, a bit really of bechamel as well because yeah. We found that with just full-on strong cheddar, they can get too kind of tangy. There's something about the creaminess of bechamel that just like makes them irresistible. Yeah, really good. And we we uh, the highlight last year, so we'll look, hopefully we'll, we'll top this this year. But the highlight was a festival. Um, Jamie Oliver was the last customer on <laughs> Saturday night. He'd heard about them and came after we'd shut after we'd been shut down by his security because we lost them going. And he had one, and uh, he came back the next morning and said that it was like. Uh, you know the the filthiest thing he'd had in bed for ages (laughs) (laughs) excellent yeah Yeah. so um anyway uh, obviously we love it uh plug for him and the good work he's doing with food revolution yeah um yeah so if you get a chance we'll post the list up online where we're going to be at wilderness and the good life experience we're really looking forward to being there again um big um yeah loads so we'll put a list up and my brother Archie is going to be running them say say hi to him and if you mention that you heard about this on Olive he might give you extra cheese oh there you go (laughs) definitely reason to go visit the stall Um, if you look out in our August issue as well readers we've got a big roundup of our favourite street food traders and the Hobbs House Bakery Toasty stall is definitely one of them so have a look and you can find out more Um, and so back here in Chipping Sobbury you've got another exciting thing coming up in September after festival season yeah so um, so Chipping Sobbury Food and Drink Festival is in its fourth maybe it's fifth year okay and um 
I've not been around for any of them because Henry and I have been filming. <laughs> and last year we were supposed to be here, but then we had a gig out in Taiwan. So as you do, yeah, as you do. Yeah. So you know, when when the baking's needed, and we've got to fly the flag, yeah, yeah. we're going to. And um, but this year we, com- I, I committed to. I really want to see how. Um, you know, we can kind of come together as a town to put a spotlight on this beautiful high street that is Chibbing Sobbery, yeah. just near Bristol if you've not been here before. Yeah. It's not a made-up place. <laughs> it's it's featuring nuns on the run too. Oh, really? <laughs> but go. I think it's about time it was known for something better than nuns on the run too, as <laughs> yeah. great as that was as a film. <laughs> so um, we're going to do two things. The um, One, on Friday night, this is the 9th, of, 9th and 10th of September, okay. so please come along if you can. So the 9th will be, um, you can, there's a food trip and you can eat your way up and down the high street and it'll be uh, a pound a dish for like the best dish that that food vendor, restaurant, cafe, whatever Amazing. offers. Um, we're we're encourage, uh, encouraging the... Uh, the the premises to team up with a local food producer. So instead of the food uh, festival experience being one of a, like a farmer's market, here yeah. you get to kind of eat your way around and have a nose behind the scenes. That's a great and kind of, idea. So that's Friday night. And then Saturday night, the thing I'm most excited about <laughs> is a food truck rally. I, I think it's the first in the world food truck rally. I love the sound of this. Tell me more. So it'll be free to come along. Even and uh, we're, we're up to, I think, eight food trucks at the moment, but we are looking for more. We've only just okay. announced it. Cool. And so what type of food trucks um, so basically good ones yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's to that's set the bar high yeah, you can't yeah. just like can't just be anyone no. but like it has to be someone that like cares as much about their food as we do I guess Which so lot, yeah. we've got Bertha's uh, pizzas are coming with their yellow um, Land Rover with a wood fired oven they do 72 hour sourdough pizza. they're like the best pizzas in the world they are I can vouch for that too great <laughs> and then we've got um, the big red bus bar that's like an old Route Master bus that that's a pub so cool. Um, we've got um, well anyway we'll also put that up online who's, Great. who's coming to that um, uh, we've got grill stocks sort of smoking rig so good um, yeah but we're also in talks with others and if you know one or want to recommend yeah, one there's still time. now's the time there's yeah. still time the first ever so there'll be a mast on the high street it will look amazing I imagine in my mind it's something like uh, the central square in Marrakesh you know Jamal and yeah. it, it'll be like the west country version of that <laughs> with smoke and steam just kind of rising up and yeah you can eat your way around that and then I'm not sure how this will work but I would love it if we could do like a tour or they could go on a little drive for a wacky rally yeah like a wacky rally around the Sobbery Common (laughs) and you know if you want to be involved in that and follow with your bike or your scooter then please do okay that sounds so so cool so if you want to learn any more about this you can head to the Hobbs House website and don't forget to follow Tom on Twitter which is Tom underscore Herbert underscore yeah brilliant and Hobbs House Bakery is Uh, at Hobbs House perfect yeah All right. yeah so make sure you check out the gluten free bread yeah grab a toasty and sign up for the food festival in Chipping Sobbury yeah and keep loving Olive yes please <laughs> thank you so much Tom oh my pleasure thanks for coming All right. yeah. thank you That was Tom Herbert of Hobbs House Bakery. For more details on all of the things we spoke about, you can head to hobshousebakery.co.uk where there's a full list of the cheese toasty stall menu, including the classic cheese toasty, the 18-hour smoked beef brisket cheese toasty and more, and a list of where they'll be appearing this summer. Plus, you can also head to olivemagazine.com for more info. Thank you for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. 
As per normal, you can subscribe or listen for free via Acast and iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Let us know what you've thought of this podcast and if you've any ideas for future podcasts via our Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, email, snail mail, anywhere you want, get involved, get in touch, get cooking and make sure you review and rate us on iTunes so that lots of other lovely people can hear what we're saying too. Okay, guys, have a great week. Happy cooking and see you next week.